Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. I'm Michael Hunter at ACCBR1 on Twitter, episode number 112, and we have a repeat customer this evening in the man behind Busting Brackets, Tristan Freeman, at HoopsNut, what is it, 351, I think, something like that, I don't know, I'll tag it in the in the info box, but uh, Tristan is a, you know, a long-time advocate, obviously, for college basketball, uh, a friend of mine, my former editor, when I, when I wrote articles for Busting Brackets, uh, gave me an opportunity to covered Georgia Tech exclusively for him and Lucas when Lucas still worked there. Um, had a great time working with Bustin' Brackets. Certainly the uh, had a great time participating in the Slack channel discussions. Um, obviously, uh, I, I've created friendships with with both Brian Ralph and uh, and Connor Hope. And you know, Bustin' Brackets was a, was a great a great thing for me as far as getting ACCBR going, as far as getting my work out there, my opinions out there to a bigger audience. And uh, Tristan was was the man who gave me that opportunity, so I'm always thankful to, for him. I believe this is the second time on the show, but we've done some podcasts together. We've certainly done um, Ralph and Hope together. At one point, we went four wide on that show, and that was a good time. So, um, no big long interview. We have we have AC. We have Power Six Conference Tournament basketball tomorrow. Duke is playing on Tuesday for the first time since God knows when. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's here, folks. This is March. The tournament selection Sunday is this week, less than a week away. We're going to have brackets. Brackets and brackets and more brackets falling from the sky. Rose petals falling from the sky. Velvet ropes will part. We get a tournament this year. I can't wait. Get on Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we can do better. We are open to constructive criticism. I will not bore you with a great big intro. This episode is brought to you by, let's see, Hot Wings and and Heineken, right? Yeah, some Cheez-Its, okay? Yeah, those, you know, things, cucumbers with ranch, carrots with ranch, got to have that. A little broccoli, some cherry tomatoes. You know, you got to mix in mix in the veggies. These are all the things that are going to be on my coffee table starting uh, later this week and all of next weekend. Uh, you know, I'm a wings guy, pizza guy, simple pleasures. A little uh, Tillamook, extra sharp black label cheese, huh? Huh? A little rosemary and olive oil, wheat thins. These are these are things that occupy my coffee table that Turk will sit six feet away from and just look at me enviously hoping for a crust of bread but uh yeah anyway jump on uh, apple podcast leave us a five-star review uh don't forget like rate review share the podcast get the word out this is the best acc centric podcast out there i hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show here he is tristan freeman Farrell turns the key drives the lane with three on the shot clock doesn't get it five seconds to play Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. I am Michael Hunter. With me, as always, is the Chimp. And tonight we have a repeat guest. Uh, haven't had him on in a while, actually. We went through a, a phase where we were on a couple shows together over the course of a couple weeks, and then it's been uh, it's been a good long while since we've been on together. The man behind Bustin' Brackets, a fan-sided site um, that covers all things college basketball. Tristan Freeman, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing much. I'm just happy to get close to March Madness. Appreciate you guys having me on. We're ready to get it going. Um, 
Chimp, what's go what's going on with you, man? Are you enjoying this nicer weather we're kind of having down here in the south? Uh, whenever it warms up, uh, it's good. That's good. It's a good thing. Get rid of the cold. Yeah, we were talking offline, and I know nobody tunes in here for the weather, but um, yeah, seventies down in North Carolina this weekend. I'm really looking forward to opening up the patio. Maybe having a fire. Opening up the garage. Maybe watch some college basketball out in the garage while I'm on the barbecue. Should be a good time. Um, I guess before we get into the you know ACC regular season awards, for those of you who don't know, Tristan is a Pitt fan. He's an ACC guy deep down, though he does cover you know college basketball nationwide. Obviously, you know before we get into the awards, before we get into the brackets, which we're going to break down, obviously, I, I got to ask Tristan um, Jeff Capel's third year, I believe now. Um, you know, seeing kind of an exodus last offseason, Trey McGowan's leaves for Nebraska. This year, um, kind of towards the tail end of the season, but still within the season, Xavier Johnson kind of opts out and transfers. Adis Tony transfers. Uh, thankfully, Justin Champagne is still with the program. Uh, we've seen Nike Sadat, uh, Sadibe. What is it? Sab- What's his last name? Just help me out here. Sadande? Uh, Sabande. Sabande. Yeah. Nike Sabande had a big game uh, last week. I guess, what is your opinion as far as what's going on in Pittsburgh? What's with the transfers? What's in Jeff Capel's future? I've heard some interesting rumors in, in, you know, local radio in the Triangle, but, you know, we'll get to those in just a second. But in your opinion, what's going on with your your favorite program? Yeah, I mean, it was really the ultimate up and down for the Panthers this year. I think... um, for those who followed me online, the, the clear high of the season was when we defeated Duke, and regardless of how good or bad they are, getting a win like that is always huge for a rebuilding program, and for just, you know, half a second, we was on the bubble, and things were looking great, and they were playing all-time high, and we followed that up with losing three straight, including at Wake Forest, when we just was asleep the entire time, and it was just frustrating to see the fact that we would play, you know, we would play Duke well. We beat Virginia Tech. We play North Carolina and Virginia tough, even though we don't match up well with them. But then to lose to NC State twice, lose, to get blown out by Notre Dame like we didn't even try. It, it, <laughs> there clearly was something wrong internally with the team that ultimately ended up with losing two of our best players. What? It, go ahead. Go ahead. It, I, I think it, it kind of started, and we saw this with Patrick Ewing with his first class. Your first class for a new head coach is so important to set the foundation. And having Champagne, having Johnson, having Tony, it, you know, he did his, you know, Capel did his job developing them. These weren't top 50 guys. These weren't no. guys that you expected to be ACC stars. And they proved to be legitimately good players. So from the development side, it worked out. The chemistry just wasn't there. And for one reason or another, Johnson and Capel, it, it just never clicked. And, and I think, unfortunately, we saw that with Trey McGowan's absence last offseason when things weren't clicking with them. And ultimately, you know, Johnson transferred, but I don't think there was any tears shed from the program seeing him leave. Really? Um, that, that's, that's an interesting take. It, it, I, I understand, you know, 
after his freshman season, when he came in as a freshman, you know, there was a certain expectation. I was pretty familiar with him um, because, you know, Georgia Tech had been had been recruiting him. Um, I, I think he was a take for them, but I believe DeVoe committed first, so so they took DeVoe. And then Johnson ended up, I believe, committing to Nebraska and then decommitting and going to Pitt. That freshman season that he had uh, kind of raised an eyebrow for me because I didn't think he was that polished offensively. But then, you know, things started coming to the surface as far as turnovers, um, inefficiencies as far as shooting and things like that. Are you more optimistic moving forward without him than you would be, say, in 2021-22 with him? I mean, it, it, it's a similar take as when we talk, when people talked about Duke with Jalen Johnson. If a guy doesn't want to be there, you're sure. not going to win with him there anyway. Sure. So if if he if he wants to go, let him out there, and we'll just start over with Femi Okukale, who looked pretty good in the couple of games mm-hmm. where he was able to get extended minutes. I mean, he he's all we have for the future. I'm fine with just turning the page now rather than you know, seeing what happens in the off season, it, it, it ultimately is what it is. I just don't think it worked out. I think part of it had to do with expectations because there were talks about him going pro before even after, if he had an elite sophomore year, there was talks that he was going to be gone. That didn't happen. He kind of regressed a bit. And I think, you know, he had a choice whether to stay with Pitt one more year, go pro, definitely not NBA or just see if he can hit the transfer portal and see if he can up his stock. And ultimately, I think he made a decision that was best for him and one that long-term, I think, will help Pitt more because it, it just it ultimately we had our feeling with him. And I don't blame him for the issues because, in fairness to Johnson, he's not a proven shooter, mm-hmm. and he's on a team with literally no front court. Right. You know, Champagne is ultimately a, a, a wing forward, but he's basically our center with how he, how much rebound responsibilities he has. So it, I, I, if he goes to the right situation, I think he can thrive without question. But ultimately, trying to make something work that isn't going to work, it, it's just a waste of everyone's time ultimately. Now, on the other side of that is, you know, Audis Tony was, uh, you know, a pretty highly regarded recruit coming out of high school, um, going to his freshman season, didn't really impress me a whole lot. He didn't really seem to have a jumper. Um, more of an undersized inside guy um, who wasn't really a threat. But, you know, in, in this season, really developed into a threat from all over the floor, kind of a stat sheet stuffer. Um, and, you know, what's it? What, what's your impression or what's your thoughts on a kid like Tony who comes in um, and, and is developed by this coaching staff only to bolt town when he seems to to kind of be hitting his stride. Does that leave kind of a bad taste in your mouth? No. I mean, I, I follow and cover college basketball. I'm not going to get emotional on what guys hmm. are going to do. That's best for them. So, for me personally, you know, do what's best for you. As far as the team goes, it, it, it kind of feels like once Johnson left and, you know, with the likelihood, you don't know officially that Champagne goes pro, is Tony going to really come back and average 16 points a game on a team that might win four games in the ACC next year? Right. Or is he going to transfer? I'm hearing that Arkansas is hot and heavy for him Me and that too. there's a possibility we, we might hear something soon. And if you're Tony, 
you know, why not go somewhere and just do what Justin Smith in Indiana did? Go from an average team to a top 15 team and play a big role there. Makes sense. Chimp, does that make sense to you, or are you looking for some kind of some kind of loyalty as far as the school goes that, you know, in a, in a, in a time where kids come out and say they're 100% committed and, and then they see kind of the writing on the wall as far as, you know, next season may be a bad season as far as the team goes, you have an opportunity to make your way somewhere else. Is that something that you're going to support? Um, no, not at all. I mean, I, it's, it's really the, the way of the world now. You know, mm-hmm. things, aren't going, things aren't going my way. I, I'm just going to bolt. And they've made it easy to bolt. You can just, you know, jump from one place to another. Now, with that said, coaches can do the same thing. So sure. the argument's always – but to me, kids, it's just my opinion, but they really need to take more time and um, see if it's the right fit. Mm-hmm. Can you play for, for the coach? Uh, can you get along with your teammates? Can you play in this system? I think a lot of these kids are more interested in putting out their uh, I'm 110% committed and putting it on Instagram and all this other stuff, when in essence they need to be looking at the right school, the right fit, uh, working to get better. And since you brought this up, um, our pal Jaron Anderson retweeted something the other night. It was a video <laughs> of uh, Conzo Martin mm-hmm. that is ab- that was yes. absolutely awful. Yep. Every kid – be made to watch that video it talks about growing up talks about getting better as a person getting better as a player and and that's we need more of that and less of what's going on now yeah that's uh tristan's tristan's arch nemesis there jaron whether it be playful or not but uh, (laughs) i know know they're big they're big buddies oh yeah yeah i've been watching them go back and forth on slack for what seems like seven or eight years now so um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, I, I, I completely understand that point, and I think you can make a legit argument when it comes to trial and tribulation. The one problem I, I always have is that Kwanzaa Martin is absolutely right, but wasn't he right when he took Drew Smith from Evansville two years ago? You know, these, these coaches, you know, they talk so much about transfers and, oh, it's a problem. But they were the first ones in there when a guy leaves. Well, I mean, so it's like, well, Conzo you know, Martin is also the same guy that that went from Tennessee to Cal to Missouri in the in the course of what five seasons. So and wow. hired and he hired a man just because of his two sons. Yeah, which you know, okay. I mean, now, in defense of Conzo Martin here, if you are going to be involved in the game, then. You, you got to play play by the rules. Sure, made. sure. And, oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not bagging on Quanzo Martin. It's just more to the point that you made that you know coaches are allowed to do it without really any kind of any kind of regard for for kids that they that they sold the whole cart to you know sitting in the yep. living room eight months ago. So um, yeah, that, that's why. That, yeah, that's why I threw that in there. I mean, it's total double standard. There's mm-hmm. no question. Well, they're, they're making it easier now because I saw just before we jumped on tonight that part of the April meetings is going to include a vote on the the one-time transfer rule for at least 21-22. So, you know, during the Final Four, we're going to hear news regarding the vote uh, as a one-time, no, no sit-out, no questions, no clearinghouse, no NCAA-involved bullshit that is just going to allow kids to transfer once wherever they want to go. So it's about to be a free market situation. 
um, and things are about to get real interesting. Um, I, I don't know if I'm either with it or, oppo- or, or opposed to it. Um, I just, I just wish that kids would 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 find. Now, there's certain you know situations where where the coach leaves. At that point, you should get free wherever you want to go. No consequence. None of this blocking stuff. Nothing um, restraining you from going within the conference because conferences like the ACC, for instance, there's a regional attraction to a lot of kids that go to ACC schools. Very typically, you know, Georgia Tech, Clemson, um, you know, schools of that nature, Virginia Tech certainly involved there, are all recruiting the same kids. Duke, Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, those guys are all recruiting the same kids. So if you want to leave Chapel Hill, there's a very real possibility that you're going to want to go to NC State or Duke. Um, Certainly there are consequences to that in place with the ACC. Um, In the past, I believe you've had to sit out two seasons if you transfer within the conference. Now, I think that rule has since been been, kind of taken away, but there there shouldn't be any kind of stipulation like that with a transfer. It's not, you shouldn't punish the kid for wanting to stay within the region or stay within the conference just because he wants to change schools. Um, that said, I, I guess I just want to concentrate on Capel a little bit. Tristan, is, is do you still believe that Jeff Capel is the answer at Pitt, or or is this program starting to trend in the wrong direction? Uh, n- no, because I, as someone who is still on the Jeff on the uh, on the Dixon train, we just need to stay with what we're doing and just build at our pace. There's He's he's done a good job developing. Mm-hmm. You know, he may not have been bringing in the top fifty recruits that people may hope out the gate. He's been close on a couple, but at the end of the day, you got you got to get wins on the board to get them. Mm-hmm. And he's done he's done a very good job developing the players he has, and that's what all you can ask for. You know, if you're telling me that we can possibly get you know UNC Greensboro's coach. Yep. If we made a move, then, you know, maybe, but Pitt's not going to be that highly sought-after job right now. So, this just, it, it, we, 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 we're not in a rush. Let's just see what Cable can do. I, I'm hoping with the bond day coming back for a fifth year, or in getting more comfortable, you know, 50-50 on Champagne, depending on what he and his brother does, I think William Jeffries could be a future star. Yep. He's, yep. only, he's only 17. I like what he has to offer. And, you know, we, we, we have a whole lot of playing time to offer some of these transfers. I'm hoping that we get in transfer portal heavy, actually get a big man, to, you know, some kind of front court, because if we don't have that, we have nothing. You saw what happened with Virginia Tech mm-hmm. at, two, at two front court players from the mid-major ranks at that. And that literally turned them into the uh, top three team in the conference and go into a tournament. Yeah, so cool. I, I'm I'm happy with him. Keep him. There's no need to make a change, and hopefully, stability is the way we go for this program. Yeah, I think you need to really take into account where the program was when he got there, um, and you know you can't really um, be too discouraged by recent by by recent activity simply because. I don't. I don't think anybody expected Xavier Johnson to be as good as he is. Like, you know, people are a little bit spoiled by that first season, and then he kind of disappointed a little bit. But he, I, I think, a lot of people forget that he overachieved so much 
um, during that freshman campaign. And certainly I didn't expect this from Audie's Tony either. So, you know, when, when Capel got hired, I the first thing I said was they got to give him at least five years um, to turn it around because that was a – I mean, the, I mean Kevin Stallings murdered that program in two years. It was uh, it was inconceivable. I mean, they paid the guy $10 million to go away. That's That says it all right there. Um, of course, Tristan's referring to Keve Aluma, Justin Motts, uh, transfer from Wofford, transfer from Delaware, who went to Virginia Tech and became basically stars for the Hokies this year. So um, I want to get into regular season awards were released today. Um, I released mine on Sunday just to get ahead. Um, a lot of similarities between what I had. Um, I, I differed from the media on, on a few key points. But um, I guess the biggest one, the biggest headline right now is that, that Moses Wright of Georgia Tech um, wins ACC Player of the Year. Um, there had been some, some controversy recently with Corey Alexander taking up about five minutes worth of game time, telling everybody why Moses Wright wasn't the Player of the Year uh, in Georgia Tech's most recent game. Um, I The only reason that Justin Champagny was not my Player of the Year was because of the overall success that Pittsburgh did not experience this year. Tristan, any any issues with Moses winning Player of the Year this year in the ACC? You, you know, I think the, my front runner was actually Sam Hauser of Virginia mm-hmm. because I think if you win the regular season, I don't care how down the ACC is. If you win the regular season and you are legitimately a putting up stats the way he did, averaging what nearly sixteen and seven, mm-hmm. I, I think he had a great. I think he had a great case, but with. What Moses Wright did, leading a team six straight wins in the regular season and taking on what seems like somewhat off the bubble and somewhat, you know, safely in as long as they don't screw up in the tournament, I, I, I have no problem with him winning the award. He deserved it. He played phenomenal all season, starting with that Kentucky game. And, you know, averaging 18-8 and eight on a team that I think – I kind of left for dead. I'm sure others did after losing to Mercer and Georgia State to start the year. <laughs> yep. it, 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 it was impressive the whole the whole time. And I think Virginia wasn't dominant enough to where you can't just give it to their best player automatically. And, you know, Champagny and Matthew Hurd put up great numbers, but I think there's sort of an unspoken rule. You don't give the player of the, player of the year award to a guy who's playing the first-round game. Right. It, 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 it's a too it's too low. So him, it was it was going to be him or Hauser. I'm perfectly fine with Wright. No issue there. Chimp, um, I know you're a Moses Wright guy. Was was there anybody else outside of Moses Wright or Sam Hauser that you would have considered for Player of the Year? Listen, I, I can't, I'm not even qualified to be in this argument. Uh, <laughs> you got. You, you guys watch a whole lot more uh, ACC basketball than I do. But, listen, I, I, I just go with you by default. You say it's Moses Wright. I'm fine with it. Here's the issue uh, that I have that you were talking about, Corey Alexander, going on a five-minute rant as to why somebody's not the player of the year. Mm-hmm. Was there not a basketball game going on? <laughs> oh, there was. There absolutely was. Yes, sir. And, I, you know, so – I, I just looked at your rankings. I go with those, have no issue with it. And actually, I, I kind of agree with Tristan as well that, um, I mean, Georgia Tech finished fourth. They had a really good year. And Moses Wright has transformed into something, I think, that probably not a lot of people uh, thought him capable of. So, yeah. 
you know, I think I think it's a good choice. I have absolutely no problem with it. And even if I did have a problem with it, I couldn't argue the other side, so it's pointless. Yeah, I think um, you know Moses. I, I, I've got to be honest. I mean, this is a this is a an unranked. I won't call him a zero star because I hate that. But he, he this guy was an unranked recruit. He was an afterthought. I mean, they said during the broadcast the other day that they asked Mike Shashevsky um, if he had ever even seen Wright play in high school. Um, Wright grew up and, and played right here in Raleigh, and Coach K said no, but we've seen him enough since he's been at Georgia Tech, to know that he was damn good. And, you know, this kid was a tennis player in high school. I don't think he, I believe he was homeschooled. I don't think he played basketball until his senior year in high school, um, something to that effect. And when he first got to Georgia Tech and we had, you know, legit big men like A.D. Gay, um, Ben Lammers, you know, players like that, true centers, you know, they tried to put Moses out on the perimeter a little bit. And he was the most frustrating kid I ever watched play basketball. Like, he can't shoot. He really can't. But he was supremely athletic. And I think we saw it last year, certainly, um, when he was able to play in the paint a little bit more. And he was tremendously effective. And this year, I think you just... I mean, the, you know, the light bulb really came on for him. And he's been he, he's been a force all season long. You know, <laughs> listening to Corey Alexander the other day... You know, of course, Georgia Tech's playing on Wake, and Wake's actually keeping it close for a little while. And meanwhile, Corey's just just telling us why Moses isn't, why Jose Alvarado is, is very good, but ultimately, I think he said he'd give it to Carlick Jones. Um, you know, you can't you can't point to Moses right and say, "Look, he scheduled he he struggled against Virginia in both of those games." Well, who the fuck doesn't sch- uh, struggle against Virginia? If you're a big guy playing against Jay Huff and Hauser and a slowdown, I mean, that's the most fundamentally sound program in maybe the nation. So, you know, Corey made some, maybe some good points, but at the same time, I think he was kind of discounting the name on the front of the jersey as opposed to the performance on the court. Um, well, I want to I, I want to get get your yours and Tristan's thoughts on this. Is you look at a guy like Moses Wright that his has improved his entire career? Mm-hmm. Isn't he? Isn't he kind of the the, the what we're looking for in college basketball that comes in as a zero star as you said and he leaves as the ACC player of the year it's a fantastic story and you said watching him was frustrating for you and now he's the player of the year yeah I mean I think kids kids need to look at that and continue to work continue to get better and that's that's what Moses Wright did yeah I think that's that's absolutely a you know a tip of the cap especially to um, Georgia Tech assistant coaches Eric Reveno and Anthony Wilkins, who are, are credited with with Moses's development, and that's yeah, I think it, it, that's an interesting part of kind of the chess game in college basketball right now. Is you know some some of your assistant coaches you hire for re- their recruiting value, and, and some assistant coaches you hire for their you know their developmental prowess. And you know Reveno is a big man whisperer um, through and through, always has been. Um, highly regarded in his time at Georgia Tech, and Moses Wright is is his most recent success story. So, yeah, I, th- I you know Moses Wright is a great uh, a great example of what college basketball can do for a young man if he's uh, if he's patient and, and puts the work in. Yeah, I, I want to point out as well. I think credit should also go to the coaching staff for rewarding him and Moses Wright rewarded him back because. He struggled in his first two years, mm-hmm. you know, didn't score that much, but he did get 31 starts. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times what you see 
if these coaches in the offseason, you know, if they have a starter that's struggling, they'll go on the transfer portal and try and find an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And Josh Pastor didn't do that. He trusted Wright and he trusted his development, never went out there and got a big, you know, big man that was really going to compete for playing time. And Moses Wright blossomed into a superstar. So he never really had a reason to leave because the coaches had his back. He had their back. It was the perfect relationship. And sometimes some of these coaches, they get a little too cute trying to upgrade their roster all the time when their best their best bet is just to up, you know upgrade one of their reserves. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, <laughs> Moses was actually on Packer and Durham this morning and his mom actually wanted him to transfer out of Georgia Tech after his freshman season, and uh, he uh, he declined. He said he'd rather stay and work, and uh, and you know here we are three years later. He's the ACC Player of the Year, so that's a pretty cool story as well. Um, well, he had well, he had no choice but to be great then. I mean, yeah. if you want to turn your back on your mom, he better go average eighteen and eight. That's right. That's right. She. <laughs> um. Looking at, uh, I guess we'll just go down through. Um, I, a lot of people have a problem. This is this is kind of a conspiracy theory as well. A lot of people have a problem with Mike Young winning ACC Coach of the Year. Um, in my awards, I gave it to Leonard Hamilton. But there are some conspiracies that, that Virginia Tech may have been playing playing games with the whole COVID thing at the end of the season. They kind of didn't play the toughest parts of their schedule. They kind of played some easy parts of their schedule. And it looked like they were a little bit selective in their in their opponents. Are, are, first of all, Tristan, do you like that that choice for ACC uh, Coach of the Year? And do you think there's any truth to that conspiracy theory at all? Uh, my my my. Uh, well, considering that Pitt beat Virginia Tech and won me forty bucks, I'm I'm actually okay with Virginia Tech's success this year. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, you, you know what? He he deserved it because. No one thought Virginia Tech was going to be that good outside mm-hmm. of home with Virginia Tech fans. And we, we knew, especially those of us who stopped out in Leonard Hamilton, Forest State was going to be fine. We knew Scotty Barnes was going to be good, and they have 13 players in their rotation. So they did what we expected them to do. Virginia Tech being a three-seed, we thought they were going to be a 13-seed. So he, he, he deserved the honor. And as far as them uh, possibly ducking games, uh, good. I don't see the issue with that. They they got themselves a tournament bid. They don't need to risk it. There's been manipulation of games going on all over the place. We saw Michigan allegedly duck Illinois when they came back from the COVID pause. We saw teams and conferences playing around the schedules and trying to manipulate the system. Uh, all Virginia Tech did, Virginia Tech did was play the same game, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Even if they do lose in the ACC tournament, they're still going to be. Uh, ho- hopefully, they can avoid that eight nine matchup, but they should be a six seven seed doing just fine. Good on them. This year, it is. This year was ultimately just to get through it. Virginia Tech was able to get through it just fine, and I'll see no issues even if it is true. So, <laughs> I like it. Um, any 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 comments on that for you, Chimp? Yeah. Uh, I think they're both probably deserving. Um, uh, I thought Tristan's thoughts were were right on on the money. Um, I, I'm a huge Mike Young fan. Always have been. Yep, I love his teams at, at Wofford. I think he's done an outstanding job this year. So he was very deserving. 
Uh, Leonard Hamilton putting another team together uh, after that team he had last year, I thought he did a fantastic job. So, you know, it's one of those deals where you know, it could go to either guy and, and it would have been fine, I think. Um, running, down, running down the rest of the awards real quick. Um, uh, oh, 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 before you go, I just sure. want to say one thing about Virginia Tech. Uh, I would not be surprised if they get themselves a nice little transfer addition from Watford and name Storm Murphy, who's yeah. now in the portal. That's that's very Ooh, interesting. Boy. Yeah. Hey, Tristan, Tristan, I love I love that guy. Yes, I love Storm Murphy. That guy's awesome. Yeah, when they when they play in North Carolina every year, there. Well, I say every year for a couple of consecutive years. Uh, I think we all get to know Storm Murphy for everybody who was paying attention, and uh, he would be a tremendous addition to to that group. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess uh, running down through the awards, and then I'm going to get to my biggest gripe, and I'll ask you guys for yours as well. I, I made mine pretty well known on Twitter earlier today. Uh, Player of the Year is obviously Moses. Freshman of the Year, Scotty Barnes. I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, in my awards, and Scotty Barnes actually won Freshman of the Year in a landslide. Um, 53 votes, the next uh, highest vote getter was Dayron Sharp with 10. In my awards, I actually gave it to Jalen Withers of Louisville. Um, I thought he did a tremendous job in the Louisville front court that was decimated by injuries all season long. This is a, a freshman that averaged 10 points and 8 rebounds, um, playing way out of position. Um, I thought Withers was awesome this year. I gave him the nod over Barnes, even though I love Barnes. Um, uh, Coach of the year, we already talked about Mike Young. Defensive player of the year, Jose Alvarado. Um, led, the, led the conference in steals for the second consecutive year. Uh, doubled up the second-place vote-getter in Jay Huff, who had 17 most improved player went to Matthew Hurt, who led the league in scoring. Not a huge surprise there. Sixth man of the year also goes to Scotty Barnes. I gave it to Dayron Sharp in my in my uh, in my awards earlier. My biggest gripe um, from this whole thing is Alan Griffin of Syracuse. I had him second team. He makes honorable mention. I have I have a huge problem with this. You know, this is the only kid in the nation. The entire Division One basketball nation that had 350 points, 150 rebounds, 30 steals, 40 assists, and 40 blocks. The only kid in the country to put up those numbers. And you're going to tell me that, that you know, I, look, I, I drive the train as far as Isaiah Wong goes. But he's pretty one-dimensional this year. Didn't have a whole lot around him. Miami sucks. Isaiah Wong, in my opinion, is not a third-team member. Prentice Hub is kind of a walking turnover, doesn't shoot efficiently. Alan Griffin should be on the team over both of those guys, and Alan Griffin should be on the third team over Scotty Barnes, to be perfectly honest. And I, I think it's a travesty that Alan Griffin is not on any one of these three teams. He's maybe the best player in the ACC that nobody talks about, apparently, because nobody's giving him any respect. And, it, it, you know, to steal a, a line from Peter Griffin that really grinds my gears. Tristan, your thoughts? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to defend Wong. Because okay. what Miami had to go through, which was, it, 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 they seriously could have went 1-17. in 17, yep. And I don't think anybody would have been surprised. Like, yep. Wong, not only in the upset wins, he kept them competitive. And, 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 and you, know, it, you know, you're saying he's one-dimensional. It's hard to have any other dimensions when you're going to get triple teams. Well, don't, they it, had nothing. Yeah, I mean, don't I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's one dimensional. This year, no, he was one dimensional. I mean, I'm I'm a big I, Isaiah yeah. Wong guy. 
No, I, I, I just think that the problem that for Syracuse, they have three guys you could have put on a third team with, with Guerrier and, and Mahon, mm-hmm. but Syracuse was an average team. So it's like, how many, of the, how many do you want to put up there? And, you know, if, if you want to take Barnes off, I'm okay with that. I would make an argument that Raekwon Gray should have been on the second team mm-hmm. ahead of Amir Sims for Clemson. Really? I think Gray had, you know, we were looking to see who was going to be that guy that separated, separates himself from their from their great depth. It was Gray that was responsible for most of their great wins, being one of the top front court players they had. I would have taken him over Sim too, was solid, but Clemson didn't really do much, you know, out of the ordinary in the regular season. I loved him. I, I kind of I was looking to see if I could slide Keve Aluma. Because Virginia Tech has to get someone on the first team after her season. Yeah. But the only person that I could take out would be Carly Jones. And if it wasn't for Louisville's own pauses and their little slide, I think Jones could have been a contender for player of the year. So it was hard, but I, I didn't have too many because at the end of the day, ACC has a ton of talent. And when even the top team, you know, even the teams at the bottom have elite players that deserve recognition. There's only so many spots you can have. Yep, I, I, I completely agree on Gray. I've been a big Sims guy all season, so I, I kind of I'll stay away from that a little bit. But um, I, I personally, I would have taken Sims over Gray. But I agree that Gray was was huge as far as his contribution to to FSU. I think overachieving this year, really considering what they had to replace in, in Trent Forrest and Devin Vassell from last year. Uh, Chimp, any any gripes from you as far as the uh, the individual awards? Or team awards, even. No, none. (laughs) We will move on to the bracket, which is now finalized. The ACC tournament actually starts in, I believe, about, what, 16 hours? 18 hours? Um, Duke will be playing on Tuesday for the first time in recent memory. Um, Actually, wait, what is it? Sorry, 2 p.m., Pitt. Plays against Miami. That's the first game of the day. Um, Duke will play in the second game, game two, uh, against Boston College at 4.30. Notre Dame will play Wake Forest at 7. All games broadcast on the ACC network, unless they're blacked out in your area. I'm just kidding. They should all be broadcast tomorrow. Um, I guess, Tristan, we'll, we'll start with your guys. What are you looking for? I mean, I expect Pitt, I expect Champagne just to eat all day long, but... Um, any 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 concerns as far as the Miami game goes for your guys? Oh yeah, I mean when you lose two of your three best players and you're still <laughs> at twelve feet, you're you're not really a shoe in to beat anybody, right? So it, you know, Champagne can go off, but so can Walk. I mean, it comes down to what our guards is going to do. If we can get Sabande and Horton mm-hmm. to shoot well and give Champagne any kind of help, we should be okay in this one. If not, then I could see McGusty and. Wong going off and beating us too. That that should be a, that that'll be a clear toss up game. We'll just see what happens with Champagne's teammates. What uh, you know, Duke playing on Tuesday is completely foreign to all of us. Um, what do you think as far as you know? Obviously, I think at this point they have to win the whole damn thing in order to get a bid. What do you think as far as what they're looking at as far as a path in order to? I guess just to make the championship game should be the goal, and then you worry about winning it once you get there. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on their path? 
Well, they're on the opposite side of Virginia. That's the first thing that they should be happy about mm-hmm. because I, I I think they're going to need someone to upset Virginia to get to get a win. Uh, they they should beat Boston College. I think Boston's mindset is one, two, three, Cancun. So I think that'll be an easy win. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Louisville's you know they they've had they're they're not as sharp as they once was. They did beat Duke earlier, but. I think you could could definitely beat them. And then Florida State, you know, it depends on what kind of mood they're in. I think if Florida State's mindset is we'll be the ones to send Duke home and establish themselves as the clear top tier in the ACC, I think that'll be it for Duke. But if Virginia Tech wants, I mean, Florida State wants to get lazy and not show up, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke can upset them. I think they have a legit path to a semifinal game. Although, if they see North Carolina for the third time, I'm not sure what they can do with them because apparently Caleb Love decides to reserve all his three-point shots for them. <laughs> Chimp, is there any chance that Duke wins this ACC championship tournament? No. <laughs> no, I mean, here's here's the thing. They're, they'll beat Boston College, of sure. course. Uh, I think they can beat Louisville. And then you're going to get Florida State as your third game in three days. Yeah. Uh, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, they're they're not going to win the ACC tournament. Yeah. Anybody that wants to, anybody that wants to win this thing in the upper top, in, in the top tier, top side of this bracket, I, I think you're a Syracuse fan because I, Syracuse can beat Virginia. I don't think there's a chance in hell that NC State can beat Virginia. Um, and I, I think if Syracuse is able to beat Virginia, then it becomes Georgia Tech's bracket. So obviously I'm a Syracuse fan right now as well. Then again, you know, we've said it all season long. I don't care that, that Georgia Tech is on a six-game winning streak. Josh Pastner can, can find a way to lose with the best of them. I hate to say that because the guy's riding high right now. But this is when, this is when it happens. The, the, you know, it, when we're high and we can't be beaten and Moses writes the, the the player of the year, and Jose is the defensive player of the year, and you know you're just walking around with your giant balls hanging out, and then you lose by twenty to Clemson on on the first day, so or I should say the third day. But I looking at this bracket, Tristan, I love North Carolina's path right to the championship game. Um, is there any way that the Tar Heels don't make it all the way to Saturday? Uh, I think Florida State can give them a fight. Okay. Uh, I, I I think they'll definitely beat the winner of Notre Dame Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. I think Virginia Tech's rust is going to be their downfall. So I think you can definitely put uh, you can definitely put UNC in the semis. And you know, it'll, it'll, again, it depends on what Florida State wants to do. I mean, if they tip on Duke. And that becomes a nail biter. That could be an advantage for the Tar Heels the next day because if Florida State knocks off Duke, that's that's an emotional high for them. Mm-hmm. And in order to win this tournament, you're going to have to be locked in the entire way, which is why I think everyone's going to give Virginia the odds the odds of winning this because they've done it and they can handle themselves well. It, it, I think North Carolina they're, they're in as long as they don't lose Notre Dame Wake Forest, but. I, they're going to want to improve their seeding. I don't think that they want to put themselves in danger of an of an eight nine matchup. So, 
I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on them even more, regardless of what Duke does. Uh, Syracuse, if Syracuse beats Virginia, they're on the bubble. Yeah. So that that's which would it ironically make Duke have to win the ACC tournament because Syracuse would take their spot in that large conversation. It's it, it, it's going to be interesting to see the motivation because. I think a lot of these top teams, their number one goal, quite frankly, is not to test positive. Right. Um, that's, that's, their, that's their big issue. So could that be a, a distracting factor that could allow some of these bubble teams to come in and make their own run? Because forget COVID, they're not going to go dancing if they don't win this. Yeah, I think I think one big thing that maybe people are overlooking for this ACC tournament is the fact that Tyrese Radford is back for Virginia Tech. Um, in the small little corner of the Twitterverse that, that the three of us exist in, I've seen absolutely nothing as far as mentioning that Tyrese Radford has been back for Virginia Tech, mostly because um, Virginia Tech hasn't played a game since February 27th. But Radford came back on the 23rd against Georgia Tech, and he's averaging just a shade under 15, uh, I'm sorry, just this, uh, about 13 points a game in those two games back. If he's on his game, that gives them that dimension that made Virginia Tech so dangerous early in the season this year as well as last year. Um, so, you know, I haven't talked a whole lot about Virginia Tech, but, you know, Mike Young is a fantastic coach, as the chimp alluded to, or actually straight up said earlier. And now that he's at, at full strength, he's got Radford. Um, you know, obviously, Keve Aluma was shit. I had him as the ACC player of the year at one point this year. Um, you know, they don't have Jalen Cohn currently. I believe he's out with an injury. So that, that kind of hobbles them a little bit. But Naheem Elaine, uh, Naheem Elaine is, is a pretty good second option as far as filling in that shooter role, though he's a little bit streaky. You know, Virginia Tech does have an opportunity to win this thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to just write them off. But especially with Radford back, Virginia Tech is a threat. Um, <clears throat> I guess... Just to go around the room, um, what game, what potential game are you guys uh, most looking forward to and who do you think ultimately wins? I'll go first. I'll say that I'm looking forward to Virginia and Georgia Tech Part 3. Um, Georgia Tech had the had the Cavaliers on the ropes in both games during the regular season and found a way to lose both games. And I think it's I'm a big believer in it being difficult to beat a team three times in one season. I'm really looking forward to, to Georgia Tech-Virginia Part 3 if we get that. Um, Tristan, is there any particular matchup that you're looking forward to in this tournament? Yeah, I think if things fall favorably for me, I would love to see Florida State versus North Carolina mm-hmm. in the semifinals. Uh, that would be fun. and I, 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 We haven't yet seen – I mean, we've seen chaos in the mid-major area, so we really haven't seen a gigantic run. Mm-hmm. And I think the ACC, you know, as wide open as it is, my prediction will be that North Carolina beats Virginia in the title game. Nice. And gets and gets themselves up to a up to a six seed in the tournament, and that's going to be a team that you know we we've all been waiting. Can they hit their shots? Mm-hmm. If, if these if these guys can hit their shots with the depth of four of big men they have, there's no reason why they can't make a run in March either. I agree. And I, I think with so, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. Go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, they were, you know, a preseason top 15 team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen teams like Duke in Kentucky struggle because they didn't really, they don't really have much depth to score. And 
But North Carolina does. It's just not as consistent as we like it to be. But they, they, they've been running, they've done well as late. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm starting to really buy into Caleb Love as a potential future first round pick and someone that can really make a postseason run up, up his stock, along with Darren Sharp, who I think if he, if he were to come back next year, could be an All American. I, I agree with all that. I'll get to I'll get to my championship pick here in just a minute. Um, Chimp, what uh, what potential matchup are you looking forward to, and who do you think wins this whole tournament? Well, I'm going to piggyback on uh, Tristan's answer. It's Florida State, North Carolina, for me. Um, I, I'm going to say it the same way he said it. The, the matchup is certainly not guaranteed. Uh, North Carolina has to get through um, Virginia Tech. But th- that would be the game that I'm look at, would look most forward to would be uh, North Carolina and Florida State. I watched both of those uh, games during the regular season. Uh, both teams have great athletes, great big guys. Um, they both they get after each other. Uh, I think it will be a fantastic game. So UNC Florida State part three. And who do you think wins the tournament? Well, I'm going to give you, go semifinals here. Uh, I think Virginia will play Georgia Tech. Uh, Florida State will play North Carolina. And I think that Florida State, um, I think yeah, I, I'm going to go Florida State and Georgia Tech, and Florida State wins it. Interesting. Um, you know, I, I alluded to the, the Virginia Georgia Tech games, the game that I'm looking forward to. Obviously, a homer pick for me. I am going to agree with Tristan and, and the chimp, um, for that matter, that you know Florida State North Carolina is a is a big a big draw for me as well. Um, a lot of people have accused me of becoming a North Carolina fan uh, since I moved to the Triangle. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But um, you know Caleb Love certainly coming into his own while R.J. Davis has kind of fallen back a little bit. You know, I'm not sure how I really feel about that, but I think that Davis has has a big game or two left in him. I think the biggest notable um, occurrence recently for, for North Carolina is the emergence uh, of Kerwin Walton, who has given them the dimension from outside the three point arc that that they've really been that they were really missing for the first half of the season. You know, that was kind of how we bagged on them for for weeks that they just couldn't hit outside shots. Well, Kerwin Walton hit. I'm not even sure, four or five threes the other night and looked really good doing it. And with that stable of big men, Walker Kessler is coming into his own right before our eyes, looks really good back to the basket on the offensive glass. Um, how someone that young can be and that big can be that coordinated, um, I'm sure that I do not know. But, I mean, they've got four legit NBA players, um, you know, obviously different roles in the NBA, but in that front court, they have four NBA guys. Garrison Brooks is not an everyday NBA player, but he's going to make a roster. He's going to play in the G League. He's going to be a pro. He's going to make a living playing basketball. So um, North Carolina, for me, wins this ACC championship over Virginia, um, and that's my pick. Uh, I, I guess... I'm not really sure what else there is to talk about. Tristan, was there anything specific you wanted to get to before we put you in the bonus? Well, this you mentioned Walk, uh, uh, you mentioned Kessler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very his off season situation could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'm I'm sure that I, I've seen the rumors. I've heard it too. Uh, there, he could potentially be a transfer candidate. Really? Uh, I yeah. I, I think, and, and, and you know, I have my conspiracy is I think the North Carolina coaching staff knew that, which is why they've been playing him more lately. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the one team that everyone's been talking about if he does transfer is Gonzaga. Ah, uh, see this. Are we are we sure that Timmy's going pro? It, it's. Say that again? Are we sure that Timmy is going pro? Yeah, well, that's fifty-fifty. Uh, if he's a, if he has a big tournament mm-hmm. and he's a, and he and he gets some kind of top forty promise, he could go. Especially since they have, uh, well, not official, but all eyes are saying that Chet Holmgren's going to be going there mm-hmm. anyway. So, if that's the case, and if he's will, or the other possibility that he's willing to just sit out a year. Behind as and because Timmy will definitely leave after next year, that could be the case. I think uh, I heard that his family liked Gonzaga. I think he wanted to go to UNC more, but you know, as we, as we saw with uh, Andrew Nemhard, you can go from being a solid player to being a star-like figure if you go to Gonzaga and just win thirty-five games a year. Yeah, but I don't know if you pass up the opportunity. It's, I mean, Roy Williams' system is is the key here. That's a system that caters to you as a big man. Um, Garrison Brooks, uh, you know, he kind of said goodbye the other night, which leads me to believe that he's not going to take the free year. He's going to move on. I don't, I don't know if he have ki- if he has kids or if he's married or anything. But um, you know, I, signs point to Garrison being gone. I think Daron Sharp is probably uh, an NBA draft pick at this point. Um, certainly, his prowess on the offensive glass would point in that direction. And then Baycott is kind of, I mean, I had him on my third team on the regular season awards, but he's really hit and miss, and he certainly doesn't have the the, the spectrum of talent that, that Kessler, you know, kind of presents. So, I mean, if you really like Georgia Tech, regardless of what your family thinks, you know, maybe you do the Moses Wright thing and you tell your family, eh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to be a stud in Chapel Hill for a blue blood, which not saying Gonzaga's not a blue blood at this point, but... Um, you know, I'm going to star in the ACC next year. I think that's that's a legitimate thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, and and Tar Heels were going after Holmgren too, mm-hmm. but you know, it, as long if you assume that John uh, 2021 top four star prospect Dontre Styles is going to be more of a combo forward, they don't have another center coming in. Yep, and that that's going to you know even if they caught or. Uh, Sharp comes back, Tesla would be the one true proof, you know, lone five men they have. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting, but I wouldn't underestimate, the, you know, how Gonzaga, especially with the run of development they have on bigs, mm-hmm. you know, you can argue that Mark Hughes is a little better at it right now than even Roy Williams, seeing what he's done with the caliber of bigs that weren't top 50 guys to begin with, and now moving on to the lottery. But yeah, that that that'll be interesting for sure. It's something to watch, something to keep your eye on for sure. Um, one thing that we've changed, Tristan, since I don't, I can't even remember when. I mean, it's probably been a year, year and a half since you were on the show. Um, one yeah. thing that we've, uh, one thing that we've kind of changed since since the chimp came on board is we do a segment at the end of each show called uh, "In the Bonus," where a chimp will ask uh-huh. you seven random questions, and what it does is basically allows the audience to 
to get to know you outside of your persona as the man behind Bustin' Brackets or or the, the Pittsburgh fan or anything like that. So I'm going to turn you over to the chimp. He's going to do his thing, and uh, we're going to put you in the bonus, man. Got it. Tristan, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to start out with an easy one. Question number one, if the NCAA announced they were going to name a czar of college basketball and they ask you who it should be, who would you name as the czar of NCAA basketball? You, you know what, this might ruffle a few feathers, but I would not be – I wouldn't be mad if Jay Billis did it. I Ugh. honestly agree with him. I agree with him more often than I don't. And it has to be someone who genuinely cares about it. I don't want a businessman who's just trying to make money. It has to be someone who's looking to improve the value of the game. So even if he does things that you know disagree, at least it's coming from the right place. And I don't know too many others off the top of my head that would be better, but, you know. You know, I don't either, but. Oh, I mean, Jay is such a. Yep. Anyway, go ahead, Jim. <laughs> well, he the first thing he would probably do is fire all the officials and get new ones. See, that would be fantastic, it, especially after that fucking Iowa Wisconsin game last night. <clears throat> yeah, that, that that was tough. Okay, question number two. You put yourself in the transfer portal. Which three coaches are you hoping give you a call? <laughs> Ooh. That's a good one. Um, uh, Eric Musselman, I think he's just a he's just a really just a fun guy, and he and he seems to just make it work no matter what kind of player you are. He's that impressive. Uh, Mark Few, because I want to go somewhere where I can just automatically win. I'm I'm not used to that pit, so that would be fun. <laughs> and you, you know, a guy who I just really respect, and I see him online how he conducts himself is Lavelle Moten of NC Central. Nice. That, that that would be a really nice experience to have. He's just really good guy and I'm kinda of surprised that some of the local power conference schools haven't been haven't gone after him yet. Well, Tristan, you realize that if you announce on Twitter that you're in the portal that Eric Musselman might actually call you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey, it it works. It it just that the roster he has at here at Arkansas that it doesn't make sense on paper. They're still top twenty good. It's just it, he he's great at it, and he's you know the example of what you can do with the transfer portal. Okay, question number three. This is a bit of a morbid one, and I'm sorry for asking this, but what would be your last meal? <laughs> Okay. All right, I'm going. I'm on death row. And this one oh Jesus, not death row, man. You don't. You don't have to be in prison. I mean. Well, if, well, if, if I'm going to go down, it better be I did something for it to go down, <laughs> not randomly. Uh, hmm. I want uh, some. I want some ch- uh, chocolate chip cake. Uh, I need the. Well, no, I want the. Cho- I want the chocolate chips and Domino's. I want like a hundred boneless buffalo uh, honey mustard barbecue wings. Oh, yeah. And hmm, has to be special. You know, I just want, and, and I just want nachos. For some reason, nachos never fail me. It reminds me of sports. So okay, so wings, go nachos, and chocolate chip cake, and yes. some and some Alka Seltzer. 
There you go. Of course, it won't matter after that. That's true, too. No, I'm going down. <laughs> All right. This next question, uh, I, I, I can't wait for the, for the answer. So, so everybody in the Twitter sphere will know this and, and, and what a smart guy you are. This is a three-part question. Where did you attend college? Why did you go there? And what is the mascot of that college? Oh, okay. So went to Washington Jefferson College, which is outside the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, went there for political science as a major, uh, and hmm, I wasn't really focused there much on the mascot. Um, hmm. I am not sure what the mascot is. It was no, it has to, well, it, it's, it's it's a president. There you go. To, it's the president, the Washington and Jefferson president, and yeah. let people know how smart you have to be to get in that school. Well, it's, it's, it's considering the tuition it has, you have to be decently <laughs> smart. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself to be one of the, the bright ones, but I definitely knew coming from public school, I just need to have a really good resume, so I just did a whole bunch of activities. Well, it's a very good school, and now, now everybody knows. Okay, question number five. What is a non-sports category on Jeopardy that you could run the table on? Reality television. Oh Jesus! It's jeez. I was expecting. I was expecting some academic answer. Reality television. Well, you said to get it right. I'm not trying to, you know, risk it on something, you know, with the, you know, animal plan or things like that. I have to get it right. I will get it right. Now I we... know exactly who Stevie J fought with on season three eleven hip hop. I know that answer. Okay, we're we talking like. Are we talking like Hell's Kitchen reality TV or like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Real Housewives? Uh, oh, Ratchet. Yeah, Ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, if, if there's no fighting or someone cussing at somebody while they're pregnant, then I'm not interested. <laughs> so reality television is the answer. Okay, question number six. This is a would you rather. These are my favorite questions. <laughs> would you rather... Get in the UFC cage with Michael Hunter, or would you rather be a West Virginia cheerleader for one basketball game? <laughs> uh, that's easy. I would get. In, I would get in the ring. I would get in the ring with Michael. That's because the, that's the right I, because well, I, I would never do something that's going to degrade myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's the right All answer. Right. Question number seven, last question. Which of these two things happens first, or at all? A human sets foot on planet Mars, or Pitt wins the national championship in basketball? Oh, oh that's, that's easy. A uh, human sets foot on Mars, because if one thing we know about the U.S. Well, we, are, we know about the U.S. government. They'll do something that's absolutely unnecessary, doesn't help people. So, yeah, <laughs> they'll do that. Right. We'll do that before we get another stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> well, good answers. Very well thought out answers. Tristan, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, just just for my, my own, my answer to question number two is, I'm hoping that Will Wade calls me because I want a strong-ass offer. I'm going to make some money. Um, there you go. <laughs> Tristan, man, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. 
Um, I hope you enjoy the ACC tournament. I hope you enjoy the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everything you do on Twitter and with Bustin' Brackets, man. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate everything you do with, with the ACC. Happy always. Help the conference, which I don't care how low it is. It's always going to be better in the Big Ten and Big 12. Watch you make the final four in that. That's right, my brother. That's right, man. ACC all the way. All right, guys. I hope you, I, I enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You too. That was Tristan Freeman. That was the chimp. And, of course, I am Michael Hunter. I appreciate you guys taking the time to join us this weekend. Don't forget, like, rate, review, share the podcast. Uh, jump on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us your thoughts. Everyone tell us how much you love the chimp and how funny he is because that's what we're going for. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you guys enjoy the ACC tournament as well as all the conference tournaments. Um, I will be announcing or forming, I should say, um, the uh, the bracket challenge on ESPN this year. I will obviously tweet that out at ACCBR1, and we'll get as many people in there as we can. I will try to throw together maybe a little grab bag of prizes, stuff that I got kicking around as far as some polos, stickers, things like that. We'll maybe uh, throw in a gift card somewhere and uh, get that out to the winner, but stay tuned for that. Uh, what else? I don't know. ACC tournament starts tomorrow, guys. I mean, are you excited? We actually get postseason basketball this year. Hasn't happened since 2020. I mean, we got a little bit last year, but it didn't really count. What, Wake Forest won a game, I think? And then, I'm, I'm sorry, not Wake Forest. Uh, I'm thinking Trent Forest. <laughs> Florida State, I believe, what, getting ready to take the floor? It took the floor for like four minutes. Um, yeah. Anyway, postseason basketball. It's coming up tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoy it. Later.